It's yeah, just if you mentioned, so maybe I should just say the word vaccine right when, uh, right when. Hey, everybody, welcome to Bros, Bibles, and Beards, episode 204. This is Jeff. And uh, Andy, how's it going? Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters? Zach, yeah. how's it going? Fantastic, man. I'm at, I'm dialed up to 11 right now. How are you, Jeff? Uh, I'm fantastic. Scott Awol. So close, Jeff. You were uh, so close to hitting the post. Well, close enough. Andy was moving enough. the volume. I didn't know. We, <laughs> I, bring it down. Is this the crescendo? What, what's blasted. happening here? You're getting blasted. Oh, okay. I'm putting the Christian in crescendo. <laughs> it's Lame. that Christian dough. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Which just, one was it? Was it him? <laughs> yeah, that Christian Doe. Well, uh, I think I already said vaccine. That We might have caught that in the cold open as Andy springs it on us. Yeah, well, that's Andy how it goes. gives us a secret, secret surprise every time. That might not even be clear to the uh, listener that that happens. That's what's going on. That's why you hear us talking beforehand, because it's a surprise. Yeah. Ish. We used to find, and occasionally we still will, um, if something ridiculous happens, throw that out of context, yeah. cold open. That's what we used to do all the time. And now Andy just starts recording while we're doing our like pregame just chat. And then all of a sudden we hear the music and it's like, it's I go gotta, time. Yeah, I got to shoot in a form real quick. It's not a secret, but it's always a surprise. Yeah, and now I'm constantly looking over my, well, not, I'm looking over Andy's shoulder. Yeah. Like, is something is, moving? Is, is, is it recording? I, I saw numbers. Is I see going? three seconds, four seconds. Oh, okay. Here you we. just see Andy hunched over his keyboard like, <laughs> Vigorously, shoulders moving, like dialing knobs and levelers. And I'm gonna make a podcast. I'm make a complete podcast right now. Uh, That's the voice I use when I'm speaking of speaking of time. (laughs) I'm a goblin. Andy, when are we gonna start? I'm 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 cooking up a podcast right now. Speaking of time, I I sat in the uh, courtroom today with my daughter. Uh, Uh, Oh, a lot of time. I thought she was gonna get time. No, she really. And she had to go in there for. She was on the back. Did of she an, punch a nun? <laughs> no, she was on the back. You of should an, be making he, us guess right now. Yep. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. I think I've said it before. Zach says punch a nun. I don't listen to you. Uh, mooning the train. Ooh, uh, that's a tradition around here. That is a boonie. Oh, okay. Uh, no, you're both wrong. Oh. She was on the back of an e-bike with her friend a long, long time ago. Criminal and. Uh, Originally, so we went into court back when they used to try to keep track of all the kids on the back of an right. e-bike. So, what's <laughs> funny is during during the uh, my daughter's time in front of the judge, it's some he was he started to give her kind of a lecture, but it was a it was a good lecture, like a little bit of a learning lesson. Hey, I seen people with three uh, people on those e-bikes and it's dangerous. Then he went to tell a story about how some girl cut her beautiful face. He didn't say beautiful, but he was kind of, you know, you care about your looks. Some say you would not want this to happen. She has now a, a scar some, over some her eye. Some say it's beautiful. <clears throat> anyway, she, uh, yeah, she, uh, was found guilty and, uh, put into five days of prison. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's doing hard time well it's not at jeff's house so it's a little better time hard right time. okay five days of no she got a 50 dollar fine and it was 190 and uh but the funny thing was is she we got up there and the judge goes uh is one of your are your parents here 
And I kind of raised my hand from the seats and he said, well, come on up. You're still responsible for this girl. And I'm like, okay. And I went and I stood behind her. He was an older judge. He was nice. Um, he, you know, and we had to wait for a long, probably almost two hours. We were one of the last people to go. And the uh, sheriff who had pulled the girls over on the e-bike, he was there and um, my daughter had told me it's always good to show up because if they don't, yeah, you're off. The a hook. couple of people got dismissed. Oh man, could have been. And uh, my daughter kept going. I think that's him over there. I think he's here. I'm like, yeah, I heard the name. I'm pretty sure that's him. Anyway, we're we're there, and uh, she had told me when she, it first happened. Well, uh, my friend, she had her hel- she had her helmet on, but it, it wasn't really strapped. It was broken, and it was kind of tied together with a hair tie. I'm like, okay, and she's. And she's like, I mean, I had my helmet on. And okay, so we're sitting there. Uh, fast forward, the judge has a little camera and he takes a photo of everybody as he pulls them over. And there's my daughter on the back of the bike, no helmet, long hair, just drooled down. I'm like, oh boy. And <laughs> but he got up there and the, the, the officer said, I gave her a warning on the helmet as she was sitting on the back of the bike and it's illegal, blah, blah, blah. And the judge asked, are there pegs on the back? And my daughter's like, yeah. And the officer, yes, there's pegs on there. I'm like, oh, this is going to be dismissed. This is good. And he started going on about the helmet. And my daughter's, afterwards, my daughter's like, I didn't get a ticket for a helmet. Oh, no. And he, he gave a $50 fine. He's like, you're guilty. But it was very unknown. Like, what is she guilty of? But I kind of proud of my daughter because she went out of there and she's like, he never said one thing about my uh, helmet. Like I was given a warning and what did I get the ticket for? Like they said there were pegs on them and I was fine. And oh my gosh. And she's like, I, I'm like, you know what? I'm actually proud of you for not digging into like, you gave me a warning on the helmet. Cause if you'd, yeah, he would have turned around and been like, you know what? You weren't wearing a helmet and you're going to get a fine for that. So here's your double fine. Yeah. So we, uh, 50 bucks, we got to the counter. I'm like, you got your bank card with you? And she's like, yes. I'm like, okay. Pay it. Pay up. Pay the county. Pay the mianis, miani. <laughs> pay my teacher's salary. Come on. <laughs> uh, that's a good lesson. It is a good lesson. That's a good lesson, dude. I uh, had almost the exact same thing happen with my daughter. She was walking home from thrifting with her cousins and they stopped at Starbucks and tried to use my, she ordered via the app, which I'm signed in on her phone. And so she used the gift cards I have on there and she selected the wrong store. And so she bought a sandwich in a store they were never going to get to. So she asked, do I have to pay you the $5 back? And I said, yes, we do. So it's exactly the same. It sounds like the same thing. <laughs> yeah, details. That's true. One time my kids didn't put away their dirty laundry. Same thing. Same thing. <laughs> anyway, good experience. Good. That is. We're, uh, yeah. And you make it sting. It's a good lesson, I think. Make them pay. It like it, It'd be it's actually easy. A, it's a cheap lesson. It's, it is very cheap. But a good one. Relatively. Meaning, you and know, like no one was hurt. 50 bucks stings like just enough for that age. Right. That's, I was thinking, I'm like, oh man, yeah, I think he's going to dismiss this. And then, then he went to some long story. Then he's like, you're totally guilty. Well, thank God now the streets are mean or cleaner and less mean. 
Thank you, Judge. Ugh. Good God, man. Yeah. Anything to do something about those e-bike gangs. You're not lying. It's a real thing. I mean, they're, I don't know what it's like in the rest of the country, but Southern California, South Orange County, there are herds of them. Your gang is a better word. San I mean, Clemente is the worst. On the coast. Yeah, down here in San Clemente South is the worst. Orange County. Totally. And on paper, it's awesome. Hey, my kid, who is responsible enough to like move about the area, doesn't have to walk somewhere. Bike, great. But when you multiply that times 100,000, it's like just roving gangs of... There's a lot. But they just like drive in the street like everywhere. motorcycles. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like starting to wear leather now and like... <laughs> It's weird. It's cross, I got tattoos. Crossbones. I don't feel safe. <laughs> yeah. Get off my lawn. The travel tattoos are coming back in full force. Back in my day, we didn't have electric bikes. Yeah, I don't give I don't give a crap if my kids don't wear helmets when they're riding their bikes or skateboarding or whatever. But when I'm when I'm looking at that picture of my daughter on the back of the e-bike, and I'm Is thinking Jeff at Rose? I'm like oh thirty gosh. or forty miles per hour. If my daughter falls off, if anybody falls off uh, that e-bike with your friend, you just in control, you just get flung off, you're toast. So I was a little bit convicted looking at that picture. I'm like, okay. You almost want to suggest they wear a helmet. I'm like, you wear a helmet on these e-bikes. There is when I mean, you're doing a, over a hundred, you better be having it's a, a helmet on. It's a motor it's essentially a yeah. a small motorcycle. Well, we skipped a spot or skipped a, a step. What are we drinking? A lot. Uh, what, what were you drinking, Andy? I just finished it. I started a little bit before, so I'm not that much. He it. didn't pound a beer in the last no, eight minutes. This is not poundable. It's Citra from Green Cheek Brewery, double dry hopped, delicious, a gift from my lady from Christmas. And it's delicious. I love it. Green Cheek Brewery, they are. They're almost in the Beachwood category of where, you know, like, can do no wrong. Like, even if it's a style you don't typically drink, you're going to try it because it's it'll probably, Beachwood. It'll be good. Or Green Cheek. Yes. Yeah. Green Cheek. You will be able to do it. Which didn't our, uh, didn't our friend from OC Local, uh, the, the pub, tell us recently that, that is, that's one of the best, yes. the best or one of the best brewers in yes. uh, Orange County? It was. It yeah. was a quote. I could be wrong. I believe they they migrated from Noble. Yes. They were a brewer at Noble. I don't know if they were the head brewer at Noble. These are all local Orange County breweries. It's a burgeoning, bustling brew scene. You could probably find it Come elsewhere, visit. though. It's good. Oh, yeah. That's all good. I've got, I've got, I've got Gimme. Gimme, Docent. Been mentioned before. Yes. Another local docent brewery in San Juan. Juan. And by the way, we did that impromptu meetup a couple of months ago. Feel free to hit us up if you're in the area. And if we can feel reasonably sure you're not a crazy stalker and you wear a bike helmet, we might meet you up too. And if you're a crazy stalker, we'll send Scott. If we can swing it, well, dang it. That's what that's the new saying. I'm trying it out. I'm trying out new sayings. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that, yeah. Well, he just tried it. (laughs) What do you think, Jeff? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> swing it. I'll just, swing. Se- I'll just segue to why Scott's gone. Scott's picking up a uh, well, dang it. mattress. That's why he's not here. He's 100% committed to Bros, Bibles, and Beer. The other one just had lost its softness, is what I heard. It's just 
You could hear it when you sat on it. There was more of a crunching sound than a warm euphemism. I want to imagine uh, Scott doing <laughs> key and peel on the mattress uh, at the mattress store. Uh, what, is, what does he say? He, I think he does have that good D. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Ridiculous. Um, so, How about you, Christians? How about you, Christians? Oh, yeah, and I'm drinking the same thing as Jeff as well. I got a, a little sipper of, um, what was it? Boulet. 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 You've got the boulet. Yeah. Okay, so there it is. So on the heels of the last episode, Carrie Robinson, who, um, inside information, what we were trying to get on tonight, not related to the last conversation, but just to hang again, because he's a good conversationalist. He brings the best booze. Yeah, go back. It's an engaging. That too. Uh, engaging I'm not going to lie, Carrie, man. It's You bring that tequila, man. It's hard to turn you away. But uh, he he was here and we he talked a little bit about complementarianism or I can't remember the word. He like small C or did you say big C? Small C. I can't remember the designation he gave it, but it was, he softened it a little bit. Yeah. It felt a little bit like, and, and I'm going to caveat this cause that's what I do, but it actually, you just caveated your caveat. That's weird. Oh, dude. Cause that's what I do. Inception. Oh my God. It was a caveat within a caveat. That's worth a, a drink. drink. Raise your glass, Jeff. Peer, peer Gimme, pressure. Give me all around. Greatest piece. Cheers. Okay. Um. So before I incepted my caveat, um, it's gonna sound. I, I none of this is meant to to be like dismissive or belittling, but I thought it was very interesting how he def, he defined his version of complementarianism because his wife is a pastor with him at their church, which is something that generally complementarians are totally against. Yeah. But he was very firm on the order of things that as he sees it, God, husband, wife, like this hierarchy of the order of things. I, I don't know. I just thought, and I just let him go. Like, obviously he knows we, it was mentioned that there's disagreement. We didn't, have it out or anything, which is fine. I mean, I mean, I'm happy to have it out with you, Carrie, anytime. But I'm more interested in just like why that. Like he's they do a thing with their church that some more conservative Christians might see as a slippery slope towards the dreaded liberal Christian Christianity because his wife speaks in church, which is still a thing. Like around here, even the conservative churches around here, it's not that big of a deal, but. In most of the country, it's still a big deal, which I'm continually reminded on because some, somehow on my algorithm on Twitter, I see a lot of uh, church fights. Are you on Twitter a lot? Uh, I look. I lurk. Because we have the bros feed that I hardly ever post on. And so I got to just clear everything out and reset the algorithm somehow because I, I see a lot of like church abuse stuff and I see yeah. a lot of people complaining and fighting over stuff like that. So... You like but, how it glommed onto the least important part of everything that you just said there. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you got Twitter. Twitter. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so big C, little C. Oh well. Um, but and part of that is because of that algorithm, I do see the church abuse stuff, and you know, a lot of it is is just like you got to take people's word for it or not. But I think there's enough out there that. Wait, sorry, you're being too vague. Okay, no. 
Well, so church abuse. So I'm tying it back. To, I'm going to try church abuse back to Carrier. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's sort of related. Like I woke up after that episode we recorded. I woke up early and my mind was racing. I was just thinking like, oh, I wish I would have said more. I didn't want to like, I don't want to debate anybody. I yeah. like the back and forth of different takes as long as it's, we want to learn from each other. Well, and, you got that tingle that Scott gets and he acts on it immediately and doesn't stop. Yeah, but, and forgive me, Scott, although you probably won't listen to this. <laughs> In your best moments, Scott, you can argue incredibly well and it's awesome and good natured. And then, but there's been a few times where Scott and I are like, we get to a point where, oh, we, we're not learning from each other at all. We're just trying to win. And that's what I was, I like, hate doing that. But, um, so just thinking, one of the things I thought of is like the need to have like the rules of, well, it says in the Bible and here's what God wants for order and, um, hierarchy in the household and which is fine with me. Um, as long as things are working, like there, there are aspects of my relationship at, uh, with my wife that look more traditional because generally we like we play to each other's strengths. And sometimes that looks like the traditional household. And sometimes it's like Lisa's got strengths that I don't have that I defer to her in a way that might make some people uncomfortable. And, but I don't, I don't need it to be one way or the other. I just, let's, let's like, let's make the best fruit from this tree. That is our relationship. Um, and so like, I, I don't have a problem with people that still have the traditional stuff or, or believe that God teaches X, Y, and Z about, God, Christ, husband, wife, um, as long as it's bearing good fruit. And so I, I want to throw that bone, but the problem is, and the thing I woke up thinking is like, man, when it goes wrong though, it goes so wrong because the weight of God and eternity is behind it. And you've, there's so many people that are like, have abusive husbands the husband apologizes. The wife is forced by the church to stay in the relationship because, because it's her duty to forgive. And then the abuse continues. And uh, so that's my only like, well, that was the big one where I was like, that's my worry about like being super concerned about like the, the biblical authority and what God says about running a household. And like when you're too strict on that, just don't lose sight of like, how is the fruit of that tree of your relationship? How does it play out in real life? And if it needs to change, change it. And like, even if it has to change how you interpret the Bible. So I don't know if that makes sense. So you're talking about, I just threw a lot you're, out there. You're talking about how the, how the church would use, there'd be a kind of an abusive um, part role that the church plays and that um, she got out of line or, or or she's being a she's being abused by her husband in some way, and they're like, "Well, you, you need to follow your husband." And, Even and they if go she to the, the they go to the pastor, church. yeah. Well, you need to follow your husband, right? There, there's abusive. That is not Christ-like. I mean, obviously, right? The Christ-like would be like, "Hey, the husband is supposed to be following Christ," and and. You know, and that abuse would not happen. You're right. you're right, and I'm not putting that on Carrie at all. It's just Carrie, and he would agree. He would agree with that. Yeah, like a, a husband. I, and I, lo I love yeah. Carrie. I think he we should he, have him back on. We, I we think should. We, will. we tried. 
We did try. It's your we'll fault, try again. Gary. We'll try again. I'm going to keep talking about you until you come back on. We'll guest bro you back on here. Yeah. So it's not about him per se. It's just right. he he cares deeply about what God has to. Well, he would call God's word, the Bible, cares deeply about that, and no no diss on that. Um, and and that's totally fine. I've and I think they seem to have a thriving family, and and the way they work is beautiful. Um, and I. I believe that a hundred percent. Um, it's just, I wish I had talked a little bit about like when you, people that very care, care deeply about the rules and what God has to say about things, when that goes off the track, when it goes bad, whether it's abuse or not, in whatever direction it leads, that's bad, that bears bad fruit. It goes really bad because the person, usually there's self-righteousness there and they're like, no, we got to stick to this hierarchy and and people end up getting abused almost always a woman um or stuck in the abuse because of well the rules god said right so. which is why we're going to have carry part 2 yeah it's a he, movie uh, I, uh, I don't think he would i don't know if he would disagree with me that much no he wouldn't aside from like i have a more quote liberal stance on interpreting the those biblical scriptures but he I, would not condone I, any of that I do remember him saying that in reality, the way that it tends to work out in their relationship is that if there is disagreement, that it, I, I didn't hear him saying things like, I will overrule and put my foot down yeah, and say, I agree. I'm with you. STFO, you, STFU. SMH, STFO, STFU, shut the G, GTFO. Yeah. In Jesus' he would, name. Yeah. He did not say that. He didn't say those things and that, it, that they will usually bring in an, a neutral third party to help like kind of mediate through that disagreement yeah. and won't won't move through big things without big decisions without that like agreement and then in the same hand in the same breath uh when it because they're in a weird position of like uh churches in America are also kind of they have some aspect of running running a business. So at the end of the day, if something goes down, he will be the person that will like take the hit. Right. Right. Um, and so it, that like the way that it, if you didn't put labels on it of complementarianism or things like that, it doesn't sound wildly controversial. And the way that I see him and his wife, Megan acting in their lives doesn't, doesn't freak me out at the same time. Like I don't, I'm okay with it not looking exactly like any other, like my marriage looks. That's okay. That's, right. That's fine. It doesn't have to. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, there, there wasn't anything in there that, that like freaked me out. And so I think maybe his description of like small C complementarian, maybe even that needs to be, if, if there's some way to soften that even down a level, that's what it sounded like to me. Because to your point, usually like the litmus test is, is the woman speaking? Oh, she's speaking. I mean, she's teaching. She's not allowed to teach men. Can't do that. Get out of here. Like that's the that's the usual one, right? Keep working on those voices. Yeah. That's the that's the next one. I do have a, a friend that uh, I visited. This is years ago. Visited the church. They're very conservative in terms of all that stuff, and I, I said, well, you did. There was a woman that gave announcements. Like she's. Spoke in church. She does taught, that, you, she taught you about what was happening this week. <laughs> does that count? And there was a, a slight nod towards, yeah, we might have to think about that. I'm like, 
What? Really? That's the really? end. Announcements is the end. Uh, they stood on the stage. Were they she, elevated above the audience? I learned about what was happening this week. Oh, no. She got me. Oh. The slippery slope of liberalism starts with a woman giving announcements. <laughs> but, yeah, I love I love Carrie. And I, honestly, when he defined his version of complementarianism, and then we can move on to everything else you guys want to talk about, I was honestly a little surprised, and it was a little refreshing because it's it's a different spin on it. Um, that I did not see coming. Speaking of seeing things coming, Jeff. <laughs> what? I don't know. You didn't see that coming, did <laughs> no, you? I didn't. <laughs> Deer in the headlights here. Oh, me on. Hey, did uh, Demar Hamlin teach America how to pray again? Oh, that's great. That's good. That's timely. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, NFL, for allowing prayer back on the field. We appreciate it. <laughs> Jesus appreciates it too. So if you if you guys have been under a rock, you won't know that name. It is is it Damar? Damar. Did I say Dinar? Damar. No, you didn't. You're I was good. thinking about Hamlin. biblical money, Denarius. Yeah. Uh, we're recording. What is this? This is uh, Monday, January 9th. Hopefully, this will be out within a day or two. But as of now, he's talking and communicating. I think he just got out of the hospital. Who knows? Has there been pictures or photos of him? He might be dead. No, I saw, I saw his speaking of Twitter. You saw his twin. I I, saw a fuzzy, I saw his twin fuzzy picture today. Saw his twin in a hospital bed. Out of focus, photoshopped. I'm like, how is somebody, why are they not talking about miracles? The guy was out for nine minutes. That's, I mean, after nine minutes, after three or four minutes trying to resuscitate my mom, they're they're like, it's too late. They're pretty much like, no, like a couple minutes, four minutes, you can't do anything. Nine minutes, the guy was, uh, I'm like, that. It's if he is alive and well and walks out of the hospital, someone's got to start talking about miracles, especially if he's not, hasn't been damaged in the brain or anything. I'm just I'm waiting for Heaven is for Real featuring Dinar Hamlin. Um can we joke about this a little bit? No. Okay. <laughs> um I mean, I'm not they, saying it was a good They're joke. professing that he's alive and well and if then you've been the living, sa- and in the same sentence they're like and he's in critical condition still. Like, so what? If you've been sitting under a rock, it was a football game and he tackled slash actually Tackled an offensive player, but more of the offensive player ran into him. Took a blow to the chest. Looked like a routine play. Chestish yeah. area. Fell down. Popped up. Shook his head a little bit. And then, like, collapsed. And then... Collapsed like trust just fall. Out. Like a trust fall. Just like yeah. the switch, Boom. light switch went off. Yep. And then... Which you were watching live at the time, right? Yes. I was... Uh, I can't remember what we were doing with the family, but then... Lisa was seeing all these social media posts about like, they need to cancel this game, cancel the game. I'm like, Oh great. Who got a concussion? You know, somebody got a bad injury. Right. And that was like, that was haunting watching that. What did you think, Jeff? Uh, It was pretty surreal. I've only seen stuff like that in movies where someone gets shot and then just collapses. I'm like, Holy mackerel. That guy is done. I'm was just in the moment. I'm like, he's done. I'm like, I think he just had a heart attack right in the middle of the field. And it wasn't for a while. 
I don't know if it was many hours or the next day or two that, you know, they started talking about cardiac arrest. I'm like, yeah, I'm like that was no like vertebrae thing. That was just like, they didn't show boom. it on the, you didn't see on the feed CPR. Did you ever see that? You could not see it, but you, you were, you could see the players and they were distraught after like five or six minutes. Like he's gone. That was the haunt. When you see their reaction, that was the thing that was when I, I tuned in after the fact when they kept going back to, to commercial and I was watching that part live and you could just hear Joe Buck's voice, like the way he was talking. I'm like, Oh my God, he's that, that kid is dead. Like they the were, way that, yeah, the way like, the players were reacting, I think they were fairly certain they just lost their teammate. And that was, I mean, that is the, the haunting and surreal part. It's like this, does this, this really happen? And like, it just happened in American football, right? in the, you know, on TV live. That's just insane. It's been happening in European football for two years. (laughs) Yeah. Of course. Careful, we're going to get flagged for COVID-19 misinformation. You already said the magic word. Of course, we started. I mean, that was the first thing, like, oh, my gosh. And my wife just went ballistic for about 30 seconds. Well, on that note, I speaking of Twitter. I'm trying not to say the word that'll get us flagged. Oh, it's already. I'm going to echo Andy from... 10 seconds ago, Jeff. Yeah. Jeff. You should really listen to your co-hosts. I don't listen to you. You don't listen to me. I don't listen to you. <laughs> okay. Scott has taught us well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Biden? <laughs> Biden here? Biden, what do you think of uh, the Hamlin injury? Uh, yeah, I'm more of a turkey man myself. This <laughs> <laughs> ham... Ham and turkey. It's good. It's good. You have it on Thanksgiving. No, no, no. You have Christmas dinner. No, no. Maybe it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> you, you, you can have turkey any day of the week. It got better as you went. I know. Sorry. Started out bad. You got to like roll into it. It's a soft. It's a soft intro. To- However, this did roll into the whole prayer on the field and everybody talking about prayer. The players. Thank were- you, memes. The players were, I mean, there was, I mean, there were 75 players in the field circled up all praying together and the announcers are talking about prayer and then the memes come out and then, you know, the, the spokespeople are talking about prayer and, and then DeMar Hamlin's family is talking about, you know, just needing prayer. And I'm I'm like, this is. You think that this God did that to DeMar Hamlin so that he could get prayer back on the field? <laughs> <laughs> it, but it's turned a, it's turned into that. You're a jerk. It's, the Lord works in mysterious ways, Andy. I can't say that with a straight face, oh as you can tell. Oh, man. Sorry, keep going, Jeff. No, it, it's... I mean, I think it was the uncle who came out first and talked about, like, you know, could use, you know, prayers you know from everybody and your support and he's in critical you know he's in critical condition and um but the players were on the field way before the uncle came out right no no no. that yeah this is a way this is well after that but i'm talking about how it just kept that wave of the players are praying on the field obviously just distraught and in it's a bad moment and they're just like you know we can do nothing but pray right now there's nothing we can do except prayer can i can i 
segue us into something that could be more personal? Or do you want to finish something, a thought there? I will allow it. I, I like the idea <laughs> you, of a I'm segue. I'm glad you asked me. I don't know. Well, I feel honored. So I was kind of thinking, well, because you were about to say something. That's all. I didn't. Uh, I would, it would go back into the just the crazy Twitter wars that erupt within five minutes of the event where instantly people either know it's one way or the other. Yeah. But yeah. Keep going. So the trigger for the prayer was a tragic event, right? Yes. And that, that had me thinking a little bit earlier about how uh, what our general responses are in our lives in like stressful, high stressful moments. Do those things for you guys tend to trigger uh, a response that draws you closer to reliance on God and whether that shows up in prayer or in recognition or actually maybe I, I shouldn't answer the question for you. A, what what response does that trigger for you in terms of of your relationship's not the right word, but like actions towards God? Does it elicit a reaction of you in you towards God in moments of high stress? Or does it push you away? I I would say just thinking about a scenario that happened several years back. Um, it definitely brought me, it brought me at the crossroads with God and, and I don't know if things had gone. Is this breaking news? No, I I don't think so. Um, it's something, it's something I thought had happened and, uh, I've probably mentioned it before my daughter Kaylee we thought we had lost her at a park and she'd like been kidnapped or something and I just remember running around the park that was hundreds and hundreds of yards long and wide just like God I can't go on like please God I can't go on if I don't find my daughter I don't know how I'm going to do life like and I'm like if if something had happened I do not know how I would have broke there you know breaking bad or you know my Am I going to break in a good way? But in that moment, I'm like, I felt like I'm going to about, I'm about to lose myself. And, uh, I don't know which way that would have gone, but you don't know until things happen. Oh, and this is like Capo beach. There's like parts. No, this is, this wasn't, no, we were on a trip and we're on our way home and we were like two hours away from home and stopped at a park, but it was an unknown area. They were deep in Alabama. It was an unknown area that we, we weren't familiar with and there was all openings to you. People could just walk off into the neighborhood, like different exit points. There was five or six different exit points. And all the while my, I know I mentioned this a couple of years back. My, my son again, Christ, back to us, not listening. Christian was praying that whole time. Like he was just praying. He had stopped and, and got on his knees and was just praying and um, while I'm like kind of flipping out and she ended up being, she ended up, she was hiding somewhere and was just scared to come out because she heard me like, Kaylee, where are you? And like, I'm uh, just flipping out. But oh in that, I'm like, I have no idea. I, I mean, I have no idea. You don't know until it actually happens. But I felt like I'm going to tear away from God <laughs> if my daughter is not found. Um, but in the moment, uh, so before 
a potential terrible outcome like that in the moment? Are you drawing closer to God for reliance or are you pulling away? Probably with, I'm probably drawing closer to God and, and it's very like, that's very scary that I'm going to go and go through this moment and I'm drawing closer to God because it'd be, I would know I'm drawing away from God if something like that is happening in the midst of it. And I'm just like Mm -hmm. flipping out. My first thoughts were God, please. Like I'm praying. I'm like praying as I'm running around the place. So, um, like that's a very different response than like, you know, the secular world. They wouldn't be running around like, God, God, please. They would just be flipping out. And so I guess there's some literally in the moment I'm like, how I'm, I'm actually processing how life is going to go on. God, if I've, we've lost our daughter and like she's been kidnapped and Mm -hmm. I'm literally trying to figure out how I'm going to do life, but I'm speaking to God at that moment. Seems kind of odd. It's a weird thing, but I don't know. In the moment I'm like, I'm, I'm drawing your reaction to God. Your reaction is to draw closer to is reliance. Yeah. Which was the general reaction of like, all you just said this term, the secular world, like with, with DeMar Hamlin, people that would never talk about prayer often, like if an announcer talking about prayer and praying for people is just, if that was a consistent part of the broadcast, they would, they would be gone. Like we can't have that type of behavior on an, a normal broadcast because like, we're not one, we're not for one religion or another. We've got to be like generic down the middle. But when a guy has a freak accident, heart attack on the field and like, you're not lying. He was like, they were doing CPR for like eight minutes. It's a unique yeah. one-off for sure. It's, it's a one-off. But what it showed was though, secular world, like vocally and publicly, we are all praying for. We cut right to our roots. Like yeah. it goes deep. So people that aren't normally religious right. or don't consistently have a prayer life. And um, maybe now I'm talking about me, but. That's hard to say if we could. Thoughts prayer. Yeah, if we could. Thoughts and prayers. Now, now mostly just thoughts if you read it in general context. And not T-H-O-T. That's a very different thing. And, you know. <laughs> that, you, uh, but for you personally, like, and that's, a, that's an extremely high stress situation where it feels very like time sensitive. And then, then there's others too, where you're like, I'm feeling the general buildup of stress. I'm, what I'm curious about is like, where does your, is your go-to to lean on God for lack of a better term, deliverance or blame God for the lack of that? Hmm. Is that two sides of the same coin? No. no. Zach, well, have you ever blamed God? I don't know. I guess maybe you tell me. And held on to it. Like, I'm blaming you and I, I'm holding judgment. It's, it's two sides of the same coin if, if you believe that the coin is the, the coin is the thing that's happening and 
each side is the way that you choose to interpret and process it. You can either choose Yeah. You can either choose to interpret the experience as God, this is pushing me from you and I'm mad at you, or this is drawing me closer to you and I'm asking you to do something. Because you think in that situation, you think or just take the family tomorrow. If if you were to like just go head over heels, pray for your situation, you with Kaylee, Jeff. Um, there's an assumption that like God, God can do something about this. Let's join with God in doing something about this, mm-hmm. and that God not only can but will, but will. And then the other side of the coin is like if if it doesn't go according to plan, and you blame God. That's because you believe God could have done something about it and didn't for whatever reason. And so that's, that's why. And maybe there's, there's another, maybe the follow-up question is on the, on the backside of tragedy, or the, not, even, not necessarily tragedy. It doesn't even have to be a tragedy, but things like that you asked God to intervene in that didn't work out the way that you wanted it to. Yeah. It doesn't have to be always totally dire but just stressful. Does it turn to blame or does it turn? Yeah. So maybe I should hold on to that. I'm, I'm not even allowing you to answer the first question. No, it's okay. We're, Hey, beef pod fam. We're doing this in real time. This isn't scripted. So, so is it's your, okay. So Zach is your general, what is your general like reaction? Is it to lean in or to push away? It's, if I have to pick, it's lean in. Um, and Jeff, yes, have I ever blamed God? I can't remember blaming God. Um, definitely moments of just like total despair, like why yeah. stuff, which I think is is different enough. Mm-hmm. But not blaming God, and and part of those experiences have led me to a more a different approach or different belief in God. And when I say belief, it's like my beliefs are subject to change. They're like, belief is like a stronger word for opinion, but it's still subject to change. Mm -hmm. Like I, I I believe in God, but I don't, I don't know God's there. And I, I believe God. Believing God is different than what you believe about God. Right. But what you believe about God gets revealed in, in what you practice. Yeah. And that's the, the, the rub with this thing is like for the family of Damar or when you're thrown into a situation, Jeff, the heartbreaking situation with your mom, the one with Kaylee, um, everyone has their version of that. It doesn't have to all be super catastrophic, but regardless, it's like when the shit hits the fan, like what are you doing? Yeah. And I think that reveals what, I know I'm, I'm expanding on the question. No, I haven't really answered, but that is the question, though. Um, and so I, I do. What do you do for for me personally? Like when I look at other people, it's easy. I, I I don't see God as like, well, I'll withhold this. I could do that. I could do that for those people if more people would pray. Like I don't see God as that, and most people don't see the God as that either but they they do think prayer can do something 
Well, enough they, enough happens where the things don't get answered. Yeah. Like ultimately we all die no matter how much we pray. Everyone dies. And so there's part of me that's like, I don't see this whole like big master plan. God has this plan and then he'll come in at different points in times depending on prayer. Like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll do that for them. Or not depending on prayer. Or not depending on prayer. And that's the, the, that's the part that probably most people at some point in time will struggle with is like, I, I can't tell when and where you choose to do something or not. Like, oh, oh, about God? Yeah. Like, yeah. There, it, it, there's no formula. Yeah. But I confess when, when stuff gets crazy or real close to home, uh, for me, it, there will be some good old fashioned like petitionary prayer. Yeah. And so there is still that muscle in there for me, but the difference is most of the time, hopefully I'm, it causes me to think, okay, what can I actually do to be like the hands and feet of Jesus here? Like what, what tangibly can I, is there anything I can actually do for this situation that's close enough to me to where I could be part of an answer to a prayer, which I think is, I think that's key because I think that's generally how the world works. Like miracles, if miracles happen and maybe one happened with, with, uh, Damar, but by definition, like they, they don't happen. Otherwise they wouldn't be special. Right. right? So when, so I guess my default is, Like less of just praying for, oh, that person asked me for prayer. Let me just, I'll throw a prayer out there. It's like, no, how can I encourage that person to help them on the thing they were asking about prayer? Does that make sense? Like, it's yeah, like, it does. It's like, don't, don't just throw it, thoughts and prayers. Like Andy made the comment, thoughts and prayers. And I think it's like an application. People are an done action with, yeah. in, in like, you were asking for prayer and it was X, Y, and Z. And so uh, how... I could actually help you a little bit or steer you in the right direction or here's what you might be able to do. And cause a prayer, I mean, in many regards is someone asking for help. And I mean, essentially that's what they are asking for. They're asking for help and, and comfort and peace or actual action to, you know, that needs to, to take place in order for prayers to be answered. Um, Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. <laughs> it's a lot of syllables there. Acts. It's an acronym. It's how you learn how to be a Christian. Well, so that you just proves so that you, I'm out. You draw. You draw near. Yeah, I, I do find that I do as I, well. Yeah, I do, and it's almost like I'm embarrassed because Why? I. Well, because I know, I know how much of my day to day I'm not. I'm not praying every day in the way I used to. You feel cynical. About uh, it? No, it's more agnostic in a, a way of like, I I trust, I just want to be aware of what I can do. When when a family member shoots the, the family text with a prayer request, oftentimes it's not like, oh, I'm not just going to pray for that thing. Because I, I don't, Currently, I don't have the belief of a God that's like, well, I'm just waiting for Zach to jump on this prayer chain, and it's the, then we yeah. can do it. I'll pray for you is the second biggest lie behind the internet's LOL. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's why I love the actual LOL. Like when I Andy say just like LOL right LOL. now. Yeah. I did. He just he just made himself LOL. Is that acceptable? I agree with you though, Andy. But there is like if I if it's a family member and they're asking for prayer for a person and then I have an, a tangible reach that where I could whether it's just encouragement that actually gets to the person or if there's something I can actually do to help, that's how prayers get answered. Nearly every time, dare I say, because miracles, if they do happen, are rare, definitionally. I think when I have that... Be the change, Andy. I am the change. He's a little change. You draw near, Andy? I, te- I, I think that I tend to. And it's a, similar, like the, the gut reaction without me trying to process it is, is it tends to go directly to, God, how do you, how can you, uh, how can you step in and save save a situation that I don't see anything that I have control over. And maybe that's the like key piece of the formula for me. It's, it tends to be in situations where I'm like, dude, I, I don't have, I don't have control over this right now. This feels way out of my realm of control. And so because of that, I, I'm, I'm asking God, I need you to do something. Please, please do something because I can't do anything. And as like each of you guys were sharing, I was thinking about this. I'm like, man, there's that phrase that's gotten really popular probably within the last like 10 to 15 years, uh, which is partnering with God. We need to partner with God to do this. And um, we need to come alongside God. It sounds <laughs> it sounds nice, but it's it's kind of a weird phrase and it it's cliche at this point right now, right? Like it feels like in in at least in Western churches, mm, yep. it, it's a cliche. I just feel like your podcast doesn't love on God, but I don't like, it's a concept that's really hard for me to pin down of what that means. And and I'm not trying to dodge the question. So the, the director answer is like in, in times of stress, my inclination is to lean in and I will, when I, when out of control, God, please do something. I don't know what else to do. Like I need you to step in. Um, but the implication there is, is otherwise I've got this handled. I can take care of this. And the fuzzy part for me is, so when is it me partnering with God to handle this? Like you called it the hands and feet of Jesus, yeah, which is like kind of another way to describe it. Right. Yeah. So. Did I just, I use Christianese unintentionally. Yeah. Sometimes it happens. That's why I had to step out for for a second. (laughs) But you know what Andy I mean? Wind threw up. <laughs> I had to step out and throw up a little bit. Um, no, but that that part is. I remember talking with a friend recently, um, who's a professional Christian, and he. <laughs> and, and speaking was, of gross, well, potentially, potentially not always. He's the least gross of all the uh, professional Christians I know. Um, no, I know lots of professional Christians. Most of them are not gross. Uh, Same. Shout out Kerry Robinson, professional Christian. Oh, you you were gonna leave it secret at first. It wasn't it wasn't him. It wasn't him. It oh. actually wasn't him. Okay. Uh so that but but I dropped that line. I was like, well, maybe we just need to partner with God on this one. And then I paused and I went, Oh, gross. I just said a total cliche, but <laughs> the Christianese. But that part is weird. Like and I think that's that's something that mm, I don't know too many churches or teachers who spend a lot of time on unpacking that of like okay so 
there's a reliance on God for things that land in some category. And then there is personal responsibility. And then there's this like middle ground of shared, shared responsibility with God where somehow together we're, we are, we are partnering. And like, so what is, what is that? What is that? What is partnering with God? Are you asking us? No, listener. <laughs> I want you to partner- make your way over to insert my address. Partnering. <laughs> so, no, this is this is based on the belief that there will be a time machine, Jeff, and at some point somebody <laughs> will have it, and then they'll be able to send us a text right now to our so, Abraham Lincoln. So, many years ago, somebody introduced me early on in my belief and following of Christ that you need to be asking God like back when you were a Trump what Christian do ha- what do you have for me He's like what am Christian. I like to be God to be a conduit like but to also figure out like what is it that God wants me to be doing with with my family Use with me, God. my wife my finances my job like my friendships or even strangers like and even and partnering, I mean, the phrase partnering with God seems like that would kind of define that. Like, what does God want me to do uh, yeah. today? Um, I like that you're, yeah. I mean, thanks, some, thanks, thanks for not getting us hung up on the, the term. The term maybe is a little bit like messed up but or overused. But you're saying, who's God, who, who am I supposed to be? Who do you want me to be today in the world? Which is a partnership. I mean, that's a big umbrella. That's a big umbrella because it can just be not who do you want me to be today? Could like who is there? Is there anybody I should be connecting with today? Like, yeah, that's who just, you are, man. And maybe someone said, you know, maybe God's you're hearing back. Like God's like, you just need to have you just your need eyes open and cut your, that guy off on the freeway. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when something like like that happens. You never know. Teach him a lesson. You He's never going slow. You Should never have a Tesla. No. Yeah. Get out of that Tercel. That ninety-eight Toyota Tercel. Nobody drives a Tercel. You never know the conflicts, the partnering with God that might happen in the middle of a conflict with someone where things actually flip and next thing you know, you know, you're bringing someone to Christ and you had a fat argument with them. Something like that. That would be partnering with God. In some random moment, that can happen. And so, piggybacking on that, like you asking God, "What can I do? Like, what do you what do you want from me now?" Like, there is really good data. As much as you can study prayer, which is probably not much, a consistent spiritual practice. People I, have only dedicated their lives to it. It's fine. Probably <laughs> but in terms much. of studying it, putting the science yeah. like double verified, blind, placebo based, <laughs> is that real? Um, you're just saying words. I'm just saying a lot of words that I think, you, you know, the thing, man. Science graphs, data, <laughs> numbers, formulas, algorithm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, but uh, it's good for you, like a spiritual practice, a prayer life. No matter what you're praying to, is the uncomfortable thing uh, for some people is a positive for you. 
it doesn't mean it's all equal. No matter what you're praying to? No matter what you're praying to. What do we got here? I don't know. Lindsay's, no, Lindsay's my wife excited. is showing up, but she's got some sort of jar of something. Oh, a jar to open. <laughs> Andy, like, well, we got Andy, taste, will you partner we with God right, right now. now and open up that uh, bottle of olives? Here you go, baby. Ooh. Wait, no, hold on. Hold on. We got we to gotta taste test this. What, what did you just open? <laughs> what did yeah, I what open? are you drinking tonight? What is Lindsay drinking? My wife just dropped. She came in and had a jar for me to open, but it's full of uh, green olives. Ooh, those are nice. I like that. No, Anybody want you. a green olive? There's two things I don't eat on this earth, and olives is one of them. Things that are green and things that are olives. <laughs> I don't drink I don't eat either of those things. Neither of those. Uh, you know, a woman, I think you two, Bono quoted, he probably ripped off a poet. When he said, a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle, unless you have an olive jar to open. That's, I think those are the original lyrics, but the, syllab- the syllables didn't match up, so I had to cut it down. Yeah. It sounds like Bono. It's, it sounds, sounds like, like Bono. <laughs> Mixing with a little like, <laughs> that's his later years. Yeah. He ran out of words. Just the falsetto. Uh, Where was I? You guys are blowing it. Sorry. You're not really partnering with God right now. God has well, a sense of humor. I, had a, I believe my God has a sense of humor. <laughs> I, I had a good conversation with uh, a former colleague of mine, and he's like one of two people. Uh, no, that's not true. One of a handful of people who uh, in my workplace I've had um, a relationship with that was had, had some level that was uh, spiritual slash Christian. Anyway, we were talking the other day and and we he and I believe differently at the ways at the things that God does actively in the world and doesn't do. Like I think God does fewer active things in the world than than he does. Causes I I think God causes certain things to happen at a much less than Lesser. he much less than he believes. And at some point in the conversation the reason this reminded me of it is because I, I just said to him, hey, I think I think the most important thing for us is God is wanting us to figure out who the person that he wants us to be. He, he wants us to learn that. And if we can be the, be the person he wants us to be, then we can react and do the things that, that he thinks are the right thing to do in the world. And, and, ultimately love the world the way that he would want the world to be loved. And that felt like that's the closest I can come to like a definition of partnering with God that feels like something that I could maybe achieve or at least try to wrap my head around of understanding, okay, who is the person that God wants me to be? How can I try to be that person? And how's that working out for you? Awesome. <laughs> uh, when it works, it works. When, like, if I pay attention to that, if I do that, it seems it seems to be the right thing. Um, and I feel like I've got a pretty good internal, like, temperature gauge of when I am and am not doing that. Like, like I know when I'm being an asshole, and when I'm struggling and pushing to be the person that. Like, I feel like God wants me to be. So it doesn't, 
I guess I'll put it this way. It doesn't feel mysterious. Like it doesn't feel like I've got this like special. It's more tangible. There's no code that, what is the thing? Like, no. Uh, how can I be a better person to this person today? How can I help them? How can, how can my initial reaction be loving towards them? It doesn't mean that I have to be soft or it doesn't mean that I have to like not push for or, or deal with difficult things or conflict, but it, how can I, oh my gosh, it's WWJD. It is. Again, it's well, stupid, well, but well, it's, it's stupid real, because though. it's been knocked down to a, to another cliche and a wristband, but like also Daniel Tosh joke where he would light him on fire and send him to hell. <laughs> I think that was in reference to people talking in a movie theater. But that's, you know, ultimately that um, the interpretation of that feels much easier for me on a day-to-day basis than it is for me to like try to like weed my way through the will of God. And maybe that's probably because, uh, actually, I don't even know if I believe that too. Because I don't think that the will of God is something that's so like... I love this. I don't think it's so specific. I don't think the will of God is like, oh... Uh, yes, this, uh, I'm ordering these exact steps. It's paralyzing. The will of, seeking the the will of God can be paralyzing. It can be paralyzing. It can also be uninteresting. If you're trying to like narrow it down to a level of like, God made me stub my toe so that I would not cross the street so that that bus would not hit me. Well, oh, maybe, or maybe like there has to be, there has to be some level of the world that just operates out of chance. Otherwise, random number generator. Otherwise, we have we present ourselves with a much bigger problem, which is the problem of evil. Because now we're saying that God is causing evil, right? Which then leads to like, how powerful is God if He can like stop the evil from happening? This is this is the rub, man. It gets really sticky really quick because if if there is chance in the world, like can God change that chance chance? Um, why doesn't he do it more often? Or she, Scott. I know Scott would want me to be more <laughs> inclusive. But but uh but it, it and for me really is we are touching on the cornerstone of the problem of just everything right now. And the thing that comes down to, for me, for me, the the way that I can like sleep at night on this question is, uh, free will for humans is so is so important for God. He's willing to make that trade of giving up. It's not it's not can he? It's will he? So the the ability exists. It is his choice to not act on that ability. Because the trade would be free will for humans. And so because he, because free will is of such high importance, um, he will choose to allow brokenness to exist in imperfect world and shows up in tragedy and, and ultimately evil. Yeah. Allowing evil to exist. Or maybe, yeah. Well, that's, that's my rub is like, is allow, what does allow mean? Like free will isn't free will if 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 somebody is allowing something to happen to other people that they don't have control over, they don't have free will. So that's like taking it one step further into maybe God 
Oh, that's different though. That God, the God that can't getting into the uh, open theism, Tom Ord, Greg Boyd area of like God's nature, God love, God is love and love can't control. Therefore, like, yes, there is free will. That's where I don't. actually free. And that's why I don't agree. It's yeah. not that love can't control. It's love chooses not to control. The, the choice picks not. picks its spots. Yeah. Or picks its spots. But, but like you're, what was your. We all do as loving parents, right? More super loving. Aren't we all guys? I could, I, yes, I could take away my daughter's keys for some reason that people could justify. But is that the, is that the right thing for me to do in that situation? Can versus won't. And that's why actually I, I believe often love is stronger in the decision when it's won't versus can't. Because can't is actually, hey, there's nothing I could do. It can exist outside of love. Sorry, couldn't have done it. This is really, that's, that's, uh, I, I like that critique. Like, I, I don't know how comfortable hands off. I am personally. I wasn't like, even there. Sorry. I'm not sure where I land. Honestly, between these two, it's kind of a, a hybrid. And if I, as I confessed earlier, when the shit hits the fan, like, where do I go? I go back to my roots, which is like, I'm praying the shit out of this thing. And like, let's buy your roots. Let's fix this. What fix do you, this. What do you mean by roots? Ah, just old. Pray, pray for it. Make it happen. That feels like that's generally weak in the rest of your life you know, in the rest of your life. So why would that be important to you in the most important times? Well, because you're just, you're desperate. So you're like all your normal, when you're at, like you mentioned, you're out of control. That's the key. You're out of control. Yeah. Where do you go? Like you, you hope, faith, trust in something outside of you to help you out with it. So, well, the Hamlin, and that's my roots. The Hamlin football incident is a, perfect example of what you're you're pointing out or, or actually what you're pointing out and the desperation of like in that moment like oh we're going here now like when this has been kind of taboo in mainstream media and all outlets that you know you'd see on tv or or read about online it's like no stay away from god and prayer but in this moment oh my gosh this guy might die please everybody pray Tebow so, ruined it. Is, Tim Tebow ruined it. I swear to God. Is it part of you connecting to a like a deeper truth? Is that a is? I'm react sometimes saying like just reacting to your roots is a, it can be a dismissive way of describing it, but it also can be if we reframe it. It is. Oh, I wasn't dismissing it. I hope you didn't get that. Oh, if, okay. Well, it felt a little bit like the like I'm just going back to my roots because no, you, I'm glad you, you do. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. No, going back to my roots is like what what lies deep within me. Mm. It's almost like like the core truth y- that you know. Your kid is old enough to know there's no monsters in the closet. Yeah. And during the daytime, they're like, yeah, obviously, I'm monsters saying, they're not real. They're I'm dumb. Saying my closet. Um, and this applies to some adults, as Andy is alluding to a little bit. But then when it's dark and the closet's not all the way shut, and you look at that dark closet, if you feel a real fear, it's like, oh. Your actual beliefs are betraying your stated beliefs during the daylight where monsters don't exist, but at night you're a little scared. You're a little scared in the dark. Even though you know nothing's in there, you're scared something's in there. And so it's it's kind of like 
that's what you actually believe. There's a little part of you that believes there might be something in there, which is an example of like, like, what did I do? Like enough to generate a significant emotion. Right. And maybe even pray. And an action. It, it's a slight crisis. Uh, thought process. So for, for me in times of trial, when I admit to like going back to just old school, like, God, I don't know what's happening right now, but I need help. And usually it's related to like kids. Yeah. Um, my kids, just for the, just kids, not just like random kids. Just kids. God help all the kids. Just help kids. Just help kids. I think that's what Michael Jackson wanted. Help the children. Help the children, Jeff. Jeff. Just help them, Jeff. Help the children. You can help them today. Just call this number. I go what? back to work tomorrow, guys. Just give me, give me twelve hours. You I'll, will be, I'm you will make, be helping. I'll make a difference. Help them tomorrow, Jeff. <clears throat> Jeff Pearson at ca.gov.education. <laughs> Just help them, help them learn the numbers, Jeff. But I do go to it. So going back to my root is like, okay, when the poop hits the fan, I needed some security blanket. And which and that sounds even more dismissive, but yes, I'm actually doing it. I'm actually going to prayer. The weird thing is, is like, what's God's nature is what I think is like, is, is God like, oh yeah, you don't pray ever anymore. And then you get a little scare with your family and then you come crawling back to me to pray. It's Isn't like, that so prodigal why son? Why yeah, that's, that's, that's prodigal son. We that's what's cool is that we have like stories in the Bible to describe God's nature. And I'm glad you guys mentioned that because I, something I can't prove. I think most in general Christians, you think the prodigal son was gay. I do. I think he's gay and I wish most Christians would just invite him back, but they won't. Yeah, I know you're going to say that, <laughs> but, uh, uh, most Christians. Let's God, have a party. God, God is more angry than that. Oh, there's his third, third voice. God's more angry than that. Like, why? why oh, God's gonna answer your prayer now, or you, you don't, you don't ever pray. He's like keeping track. Like, I feel like most Christians, when they, especially when you go to like, where do people go? Ultimately, God is checking boxes and everything. Oh, you didn't, you didn't. You didn't believe my love's not conditional or my love is conditional. And I think it's in that ballpark. It's not direct. It's way down that sliding scale, but wait, I don't I lost track of what you're saying. I know. Now. Hold on. That's okay. Let me let me back it up. We don't even have to go there. Because the we can't help ourselves. We have to at some level anthropomorphize God. Like because and that's okay because the Bible gives us some license to do that at some level. Because I think it's going on constantly all the time. And we're humans and like, there's nothing else that we can do. When I think it was going on in the Bible, it was going on with the writers of the Bible. So, um, but you as a father, Jeff, also you as a father, your kid who has given you the finger, the moment that they come back and they're like, I really need you right now. Fuck. Yeah. You'd, you'd be there. Wouldn't you? Yeah. So, if we can do that on... And it would hurt me. If like, you said no. If you back. Well, both, it, both both ways. Both ways, like, I'm experiencing... Like, there's no question. You're back. 
Yeah. But I'm experiencing like there's still hurt on my end of of whatever. But it's outweighed by. Or it might hurt my it might hurt my pride. Like I don't like there's part of you that's like no you you fucked up you go sit in it. But yeah. At the end of the day, when your kids, when when your kids need you and they will. Yeah. Really. What. That other that other side, like no, you go. You... Well, because I, I think there's a a time for that. Like, a, oh, can I tell you a time? A small version. Can I tell you a big one? Yeah, give me the big one right after, like you mentioned earlier. I'll give you the, big the small one. version. Is like, yeah, you're paying the fifty bucks. That's a small version of like you need to sit in that small yeah. poo pie of your your kid. Hey, I made a mistake. I didn't wear a helmet. I got in trouble. And but you, in that case, it's just natural consequences, yeah, and it's like, right. yeah, you gotta same same with the prodigal son. The the dad, the way the world works is the dad could be like, no, fuck you, man. I gave you everything, and you left. You took my inheritance, and now you're coming back. Get out. That's the way the world works. That is, dare I say, the way the secular world works. Or he what's your big example? Or he doesn't even give him the money at all. He's like, no, I know what's going to happen. I'm not going to even let you go do this. I'm blocking I, you from. I it. think it's a step better. Yeah. The uh, no, the biggest, the big version that I had was when I went. My grandmother recently passed away. My dad's mother, and she and I weren't close. We actually, I hadn't talked to her in a long time, and but it, I wasn't unique in that. A lot of folks in our family were that way. Didn't she was pretty um, elusive and distant, but. Uh, for the listener, I've never, I haven't shared this much. For for the boys in this room, I've shared this every once in a while. My my dad's side of the family is like Breaking Bad level of crazy in terms of the the stuff that has gone on. And what I learned when I was out there was, I was talking to my aunt. The uh, she's married to my dad's brother. And that's I, how ants work. That's how they work. Or aunts. And I was asking about um, my young, my youngest, her youngest son was there and he was one of the pallbearers and her oldest son was not there. And I said, Hey, where is he? And she got this look on her face and, and she got very serious and she said, he's incarcerated. She used that word and it stuck out to me. I'm like, incarcerated. Was it the way she said it? Not just, in jail or just, prison. No, she didn't say. She said incarcerated. I'm like, what happened? And then she explained to me what happened, and it involved murder. And she said, and I'm not. Uh, I'll tell you guys later because it's horrible. But she said um, he deserves to be there. Woof. And in fact, I if if I'm I may be misremembering. Mis- I think she she told me he's incarcerated and he deserves to be there and then told me what happened. And I was like, Jeez. yes, he deserves to be there. Um but but that is one of those as you as you look at examples of going like um okay. I I I don't know what you do in that sort of situation as a parent. And and so what does God what does God do in that situation? What is God's position on that person? I mean, the, the, I mean, the world is taking, I mean, our societies are taking care of things, how our societies are taking care of things. Like you're incarcerated. However, as parents, we're still, we're not incarcerating them. 
or like I she gave up on him. It was in her face. Well, she was done. Mm. I mean, how how you react is totally that is that that's that's <laughs> to the individual. Well, but, also, but as a but as a Christian, like we're to especially our kin, we're we're gonna love them. What does that no mean? No matter what. What does that mean? Like Ugh, our family. What does that mean? It feels I, I'm like I'm like balancing in my head right now because I don't want to be too gruesome or too specific. No, I, I realize I, I realize I could tell I could tell it to you and I think it'll help it'll help drive the conversation. Uh he murdered his infant child. Yeah, screw him. No. <laughs> right. So but oh it, my god. It, it's it's heavy. It's really heavy. And so now is that settled? Are you allowed to say that? Yeah, he's I mean he's in jail. But it, he's I in mean prison. Is, is he waiting trial? Allegedly? Do we have to say allegedly? Maybe uh, allegedly. I, I don't know. I was not prepared for that conversation when I just said, Hey, where's where is I'm not even gonna mention his name. Derek. Yeah, where is he? Oh, he's incarcerated. And and then she shared the details with me, and I'm oh going. So wow, not I was not prepared for that conversation. So I was caught off guard. I did not ask follow up questions. I just looked at her and said, "I'm sorry." Well, I wish I'm sorry too. But in the future, Andy, for the sake of the podcast, can you ask follow up questions for the story? Yeah, I'll get the other ones too. That is not my only cousin in prison for murder. That was mostly being in jest, but good stories are great. Um, I'm sorry. And one other one for attempted murder. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, my son's involved with your family deeply. (laughs) What's happening here? I tell you, man, every time I go down a slippery slope, every time I go back home, I look at Lindsay. I'm like, how much more impressed are you with me? (laughs) (laughs) I came from this. She's like, do we have to go back for the holidays? You're like, yes, we do. We need a reset. Bring you your machete. Know how much you, how want, much you love me. I want you to appreciate what appreciate you got. I'll open the shit out of all of the olive jars. Yeah, no, it's uh, but it, I mean that horrible things. It's, it's horrible. Very so, horrible. So so, you pick an extreme, like the most extreme example that you can imagine, and you try to go, um. So, and by the way, I, I don't believe that God views all sin as equal. I believe that God views all sin as sin, but I don't think he believes, I don't think he's dumb and thinks that all sin is the same. Like someone lying about whether or not they. So be it. But isn't God trying to draw pe- his people does, near? Does God give up on people? No. No. And so that's the rub. Like we, I mentioned in my slight recap of the last episode of about how when it goes wrong, it goes really wrong because you could see versions of this where there's like, but they, they're, they ask for forgiveness, you know, like they're, you have to take them back. You know, maybe it's not murder, but maybe it's something really terrible. It's like, there's as far as I'm concerned right now, that's so tough to know exactly what to do in all cir- circumstances because your mileage will vary. It's it's like when 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 do you take somebody back? Or if if your kid does something and then you, you might have a responsibility to the law. It's like there's a 
I'm struggling for words because there's like there's this yeah. forgiveness is different than reconciliation because it seems to me reconciliation it like requires two parties like if you read the prodigal son or the prodigal father story it's pretty clear that the father's heart was going to be forgiveness no matter what but there's not reconciliation until the kid comes back why because the kid wants to be reconciled maybe the kid is desperate yeah but that's fair even still it's it's an awesome story and i i believe that is i believe that's the heart of god is forgiveness and reconciliation for all well, but at the same time if you don't want it i think you guys tell me this i'd be willing to bet that most people who struggle with something like that with a concept of uh a god taking back somebody who had done something so terrible, so horrible. Um, and taking, well, taking back is maybe the wrong term, but you, you get where I'm going, like um, forgiving and, and moving, moving forward from that uh, is because it feels like it bypasses the concept of justice. It feels like it violates God's, the characteristic of justice for God. Because we look at that and we go, where, where is the justice in that for the life that was taken? And that's, for me, I think that's the part where I'm like, I, I get stuck. I get stuck in that piece. I don't, I don't know how to solve that problem. Because justice only goes so far, like in the here and now. It doesn't feel like it goes there. No, but it It, can't go there. Like it can, very rarely is there, you go through the judicial system and then. You do go through the jujitsu system. Jujitsu system. (laughs) And it's complicated. Thank you. It is complicated. It's <laughs> too complicated for my tongue. Listen, guys, I got to go through the jiu-jitsu <laughs> system real quick. And when I get out, you're all going to be pretzels. That's a uh, nerdy Trump doing jiu-jitsu. Some say. Some say. Some say. It's a... Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, if there is, like, if there is some sort of eternity, that's where some of the trust comes in. Or if you have a faith, like there's this someday God's going to make it right. But that's not described. um, Well, the reconciliation is like. What does that mean? um, It's a good question. But. uh, What's it? uh, But going back to the justice system. Purgatory? Are you describing purgatory? No, no, no. Just like ultimately, like. You can get in here, but you got to do your time, son. Most Christians would view the end of Revelation being like, okay, that's it. Like, story's finished. God won. But if you pay attention to some of the details, the the gates of the New Jerusalem are never to be shut. They're always open. And there, from the tree, there's a river flowing out of the gates to offer forgiveness and healing for the nations. So even after the end of all things, the nations, if they want it, the gates are open. They can come in to receive healing. Um, I, uh, so how do, maybe the real core of the question is, how, do, how does justice and forgiveness coincide? Um, well, if you're defining justice the way like 
the way the world traditionally has it, it's like eye for an eye. Like, okay, you did this. And so our legal system says you need to do this amount of time to, to justice is served when, how do okay, you want, how do you want to define it? You stole that thing. Yeah. And then you do this amount of time or pay this fine. Justice is served. Um, meanwhile, the thing is still taken from that person. Like the thing that you stole. Some equal and opposite reaction that, is that's the way most people look at justice, but probably, but, but ultimately, it's not what is it? What is the better? What is the way that God looks at justice when it comes to taking an infant's life? Like, what is earthly justice for that? He goes away for maybe he goes away forever. That life was taken, there's no justice ultimately on earth. What is Okay, then. Like is, it, out, is there out, any the, amount of right. thing? No, no, but so then outside of Earth, what is it? I don't, don't know. That's the great mystery. I know. That's the thing that I'm trying to get to because, like, so the struggle that I have with is if you don't if you don't put the constraints on Earth as being like the only point where we can have this concept of God enacting justice. What what is it? And that, and that's the. If I'm being honest, that's the part that gets that I get stuck with. It is Hitler's deathbed prayer. Do, is that honored by God? And is if it is honored by God, is there no justice? If it is God will cover if Jesus' blood covers the sin, all sin, does the the coverage of all sin equal no justice? So if there is now we're in the realm of total speculation. Um, but most sins in the here and now bring with them their own set of consequences. Even if you don't get caught for your sin, say it's a secret sin. Um, That's been described as God's wrath, though, which is a God allowing you to experience the natural consequences of your bad behavior. Right, but there's consequences. But that's not justice. But... Justice feels, wrath feels like it's passive. Justice feels active. It, it does, but justice can't, ultimately, like, on earth, where I was going is, like, on earth, like, you can't have, in some circumstances, you can't have justice. Like, I'm, I'm never going to get my son back. This, this baby that allegedly your family member took the life of is that's taken from them. And, and uh, like there's no amount of justice on earth that will make that right. So when we get into like what makes it right, ultimately, like that's where we're all speculating. Even if you look at the Bible, like we're still, it's still an act of faith, which I'm all for struggling towards understanding, but when it went, when in it's Corinthians, I something or other, like while we were yet sinners, God did this thing, like right, Jesus did this thing, like yes, you're sinners, Jesus did this thing. So, whether however you interpret that, I feel like if you expand that out to eternity, I believe that the heart of agape love is justice which is reconciliation drawing all things to itself in a way that like i don't know how that looks 
but I do have a slice of faith reserved for like there is I don't know what look what it looks like when we die, but uh drawing all things unto himself. It's it's in Colossians, you get whispers of it in scripture in a way that is super profound. But the details lack, which is the rub, and it's super difficult. So No, I, I know, and because it's not controversial to say that like one of God's characteristics is that of justice. Like that is it's in multiple parts of the Bible that I cannot cite right now. I gotta I don't think that penalty I don't think Jesus was certainly never wanting people to get revenge. I think it's a worldly thing to want to get even. And I think that was the Is that the same thing? Is getting even the same as justice? Well, in the world, people see justice as, hey, Sometimes. You, hey you stole from me, and I want justice. Well, wh- then what is justice? Because as yes. you said, Zach, it's, you're never going to be whole. You've been wronged in a way like you came into my private residence and stole something. Unless it's like, oh, you caught me. Oh, shoot. I have a change of heart. Yeah, let me give this back to you right now. Here, we're whole, and I'm going to walk away. It's like boom. That's that's a perfect example of justice. That's not justice, but it's it's still there. I don't think that's justice at all. That's just someone backing off and going, "Oops, you caught my hand in the cookie jar." Well, what if they felt bad and they're so so and they gave it back and they're like, "Listen, I trust me. I'm never going to do this again. Like uh, this is a learning experience for me." That's just like, like in in that, that. That's an apology, but that exists outside of the concept of justice. You you. So what would be justice then for that person that says, here, take all your stuff back. You're restored. Everything I took from you is, is back. Close-fisted punch to the crotch. That's all. <laughs> okay. I don't now think that's Je- justice. I don't think Jesus. You're going to take this punch. I don't. It's just justice. Yeah, right. And in that, that's kind of worldly <laughs> justice because nobody feels right after that. In the moment, you may feel right, yeah. but 10 seconds later, like, yeah. did okay, I hit him. It felt good. But now I feel like, I feel like an a-hole for... Sock, you know, doing that. Socked him right in the balls. <laughs> and I don't Close believe punch. Jesus sees justice how we see justice, just like, you know, Jesus coming and not being, you know, our artillery, like physical artillery and taking out, you know, the Romans or whatever the enemy might have been uh, to the Jews. There's, there's no justice in that. Jesus was wanting us to respond well, justice, in a way. Justice feels like it is the it is the response, though. It is the response to wrongdoing done to the innocent. Yeah, we, we can can we accept that definition? Right, but but the, what is the response? That's probably what the rub is. But but can we at least start with that? Can, yeah, can we agree with justice? Is dude? I feel like we're starting a the appropriate response to to some wrongdoing done to an innocent. Right. Zach agrees. There, there's a th- there's in, in, many in general, but it will sure, never be that's satisfied. That's one thing. Or it, someone who doesn't have the power. It will never be satisfied unless weaker. forgiveness. We can argue on the how. But that's where I think forgiveness is like the thing that just blows it all smithereens. So is God not a God of justice anymore? No, but the ju- his justice is yeah. manifest in forgiveness. Is is that justice? Which I know will be you're super saying, frustrating. You're saying forgiveness is justice. Um, 
well, like what was just about so that is God an innocent man being hung on a cross so that and saying, Father, forgive them. You might be right, and that feels which is the narrow, super unsatisfying to lots of very people. Exactly, a hundred percent, including to myself, including myself in most day to day interactions. Um, but that might be the ultimate form of like, like Old Testament. Like that one hurts almost inside when I hear that. I'm like, and dare I say, no, it's the narrow path. When, when Jesus says, "Why does the road that leads to destruction?" Most people think he's talking about. Oh yeah, most people go to hell. I promise you, in that specific po- passage, whether there's a hell or not, forget about that. That specific passage is not talking about heaven and hell. Why does the load the load? <laughs> nope, nope, not no, not quite. Can I try to soften that? Wide load. My wife and I have been uh, researching washers and dryers because our washer just no quit. Idea where that was going. How wide is the washer? We're looking for a wide load. <laughs> wide load <We're> washer. <laughs> That's high on your. <laughs> Search algorithm is well. Having spoke about the Romans, check out Caesars. It's in uh, Laguna Niguel. Speaking of um, Caesars, memes. Caesars wide load washers. Caesars appliances. Caesars wide load washers. Why does <laughs> the load that leads to destruction? It's the widest for oh your white. God. It's the widest for your whites. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, stupid. Anyways, the narrow path. He, he saw the people of Jerusalem rebelling against the Romans, and he saw what that would get them, which was destruction in AD 70. I would argue In that, my opinion, Scott would fight me on that. I would argue that the concept of justice is the hardest concept for humans to it is. come to terms with. But what is Jesus? What whatever, be whatever God's justice. They want things whatever even. Whatever God's and, concept of justice is. Let's go back to Trump's favorite passage of the Bible, which is eye for an eye. Why did eye for an eye get instituted in the law back in the day? Is because it's like escalation. Okay, okay you do that, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do it a little more, and then back and forth, and guess what? Nobody wins. And so eye for an eye was like, hey, this stops here. That You can't take more than the camel that guy stole from you. You can only take a camel back, or whatever the stipulation is. And then you get to the New Testament, Jesus says, you have heard it said, an eye for an eye, but I tell you, it, it makes it more difficult in a way, but it also not subverts even, the lo- the violence. Not even in a way, like in every, it's the worst. Actually, in every way, it makes it more difficult. And I'm I, telling you, it's the I, narrow path. I imagine, not imagine. I remember courtroom scenes where I've seen. Uh, like parents forgiving the murderer of their kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was thinking about that earlier. And it's mind boggling. It's hard. It's, it's almost impossible to put yourself in that situation and try to like imagine that you could do that. But that is, it feels like you are foregoing justice though. It feels like you are saying, I, it's not going to happen. Like I'm, I'm sacrificing justice in this yeah. moment. The judgment of God is love, and that's super unsatisfying. Um, like I'm, I'm, I'm personally comfortable with that idea. 
Now, the wrong shit happens to me in my personal life. Like, it's going to challenge that for sure. And I understand that is super uncomfortable. Like, I feel like we say this too often, but Scott would have a lot to say um, at that statement. But the there's, man, an old Gunger song. He, prepare the way of the Lord, wielding mercy like a sword. Like, that to me is so profound. Like, his judgment is love. And it's it's not satisfying. Because we, we no. don't, it's not satisfying at all. But I, that's where my, I feel like my, my biggest belief now is that, that is it. Like, but you know what the weird thing is, is probably, uh, the activity of our perceived understanding of what justice would be eventually probably isn't satisfying either. It may be in the moment, but. Right give it time yeah and it won't be yeah with with our um i remember so occasionally it comes to mind um um after our our son passing like this is if you're a new listener you don't know it's like 16 years ago but uh baby son passes hospital has us back in and they do the thing where they're like we just want you to check the boxes that said we did all we could and everything was kosher. And at the time it's like, I remember being numb. Also, I recognized like, we're not going to. Okay. So what if we, we, we dispute this and we hire a lawyer and we get a settlement? Like, is that going to heal us more? Mm-hmm. And I, we were very aware of like, no, that's not going to make it right. That's not going to bring Shane back. And there's there's sometimes, man, there's sometimes where I think back, it's like, maybe I shouldn't have signed that because yes, it doesn't bring, it wouldn't bring the healing that we need, mm-hmm. uh, which comes from the hands and feet of in, of Jesus, which is like you guys and the church community that came around us. Like I I want to mention that because that is very real. Yeah. Um, there's some part of me that like thinks back. It's like, yeah, we maybe it would have help the hospital do better if we did bring a lawsuit because there probably were areas that they could have done better, but we just didn't want to open the can of worms. But that that's right in that vein of like, what do you do? Like, Mm. is it going to make it right? Like, okay, maybe what if we did sue and we got a settlement? Is that justice? Like we don't have Shane. Yeah. Oh, we're all even now. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's justice according to the state or the government. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know what, let me just say for the record, the people there, I, I'm hundred percent positive. Those people are doing the best they can for everyone there, but obviously things fall to the cracks, but so, I don't know. well, maybe in a subsequent podcast, we can decide if God is a just God or not. <laughs> just like that. We can we can decide. <laughs> we'll be deciding if God is just on the next episode. But it would be fun. It would be a fun as long as everyone can keep their heads. I feel like Carrie we would have a Carrie lot to here. say. That'd be good. Scott would have a lot to say, um, because the the concept that lyric, which you can find hints of in scripture, yeah, of uh, prepare the way of the Lord, wielding mercy like a sword. Um, 
something, 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 his, and his judgment is love is super frustrating depending on, on where you're at in life. Just love everyone. It's fine. But just the pureness of self-sacrificial love of like doing whatever it takes, just the forgiveness subverts it. And I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard, man. It's convicting. It's convicting when your internal gut reactions are not, you bring don't up, align with that. You bring up the parents forgiving the killer, like that, that might be as close as we can get to pure agape love yeah. here and now. It cuts right to the core of yeah. Christ. Like if you, if you don't, if you don't go, I mean, if, okay, you, you've decided to go this way, the, what it takes to go in that direction, nobody can even fathom a mother like forgiving or father forgiving someone for killing their son or daughter. It's, it's out of this world that doesn't. Yeah. In our it's justice, su- none of that exists at all. It's supernatural. That I I do believe that is supernatural. I don't think that humans on their own are capable of that. Or what if that is the pure natural? Like that is like the perfect human the perfect human experience of If Jesus was the perfect human, Maybe it's maybe supernatural needs to be redefined. Maybe, maybe, but good luck. It would take a really expensive PR team to uh, <laughs> to change the cultural zeitgeist on what is supernatural. Yeah, that's that's big stuff, dude. We you, tapped into some real shit here. You're close. I have to go okay. uh, pick up a daughter. Can we uh, can we do a two minute? What are you consuming? Do you want to go first? Can we do it in two minutes? You wasted three seconds of the oh, <laughs> I watched Ghostbusters Afterlife, and as go- as a deep-seated Ghostbusters aficionado, in fact, I did not watch the one that had Lady Ghostbusters because I saw the trailer and I knew what it was. I was like, this is garbage. Wait, that's different than Afterlife? Ghostbusters Afterlife has Paul Rudd in it. And it's not it's not the Lady Ghostbusters. Wait, that, Paul... Is this after? Lady yes, it's after Lady Ghostbusters. Wait, Paul Rudd who hides his Jewishness? I don't, Paul Rudd? I don't know about that, but that's between two. Friends. I like, I like him. Oh, uh, it's it's so good. Really? Yeah, it's fun. It's super fun, and there's a million callbacks. Like, there's a million callbacks. If you're a Ghostbusters fan at all, like it's fun, and there's good callbacks, and it feels, and it's got one of the characters from one okay. of the actors from Stranger Things is in it. So and it has a bit of a Stranger Things vibe to it too. He so, slimed me. Yeah, there's no he slimed me. Um, but there's there's plenty of callbacks, and I I don't want to give any spoilers away. Okay. But I, I enjoyed it. It was great. I was doing that, and my New Year's resolution is to read one book or listen to one book per month. And this book that I chose to is, listen to is going to be your savior. It is my savior. I'm at 1.5x on the book, <laughs> which is called. Um, how not to be wrong 
which was recommended to me by a colleague a couple of years ago. And I bought it on Audible and I didn't realize that I logged back into Audible. I'm like, oh, I have this book. He told me to go read it. And I just want stuff narrated by Christopher Walken. It's it's a math book. It's God. It's, it's a just math a math book? book. It's a math book. That's all. It, it's a math book. And I'm like he's describing diagrams. I'm like, this doesn't work on Audible. Why would you do this as an Audible book? Mm. I've made a terrible mistake, guys. So anyway, I'm gonna like you need two point five exit. Get through that one. Check the box five. so Check that box so that I've got that one done in January, and then I'll move on to something Check else. Check in the dude, box. Dude, dig into some Jonathan Haidt. I have a uh, be a former guest bro Art Greco. I'm gonna do Chasing Francis. I have that. I purchased it. Oh, nice. I'll do that one next, and then I'm gonna do Screw Tape Screw Tape Letters after that. Cool, man. Screw Tape Letters. The Righteous Mind. Put that on your list, especially if you're listening. Yeah, he reads it himself. Oh, and it's still super nerdy, but read it slower. It's listenable. Okay, before I before I forget, I'm consuming point uh, seven Apex Legends. I'm not joking. You're playing games? No, I'm consuming my son, my ten year old son, playing Apex Legends twin for hours a day. He would have said over the over the Christmas break, Christian. No, Caleb, oh. my ten year old, and literally. Does he have a Twitch channel? There were days where I would sit there and be like screaming, like, "No, no, get behind the wall! That guy's gonna shoot! You gotta get your health!" Does he cuss on his Twitch channel? No, but at some point, my son Caleb went to tears. He's like, "Stop yelling at me, Dad!" I'm like, "Oh my god!" I'm like the dad from the sidelines yelling at his son, like, "Come do, on, do better, kill more." <laughs> <laughs> you suck. I, I had to pat him on the back and be like, I'm sorry, that got kind of intense. But that's good. Probably 35 hours of Apex Legends over this uh, Christmas break with my son. Man, the rest of your family must be bummed. I don't even know where the rest <laughs> of our family is. That's what I mean. <laughs> Where's dad and Caleb? I don't know. I haven't seen him for weeks. <laughs> Pretty much. We can't find Kaylee. Uh, whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get justice. Kill him. <laughs> Kill him now, Caleb. Uh, Zach, uh, man, before you run out the door. It's similar to the last time. I, I'm binging Bart Ehrman, who is a New Testament scholar. Or I don't know if it's Bible or New Testament, but. What do you mean by binging? Um, well, I have two books I got from the Mission Viejo library. How many pages have you read in those books? Um, there's still libraries. I'm almost done with one of them. Oh, nice. And I've listened to two of his others on Audible. Within the last month? He's got a lot of books. Within the last month? No, just, well, I would say the last like four months. Just in the last episode. But I've mentioned him a couple times. (laughs) That's good. So it's like, I'm just fascinated with like, how the Bible is constructed, how how what we believe now is tied to what people believed all along the way and all the mess that entails. And I assure you it's a big mess. All truth is God. The Bible truth. is not and that that's I love that anchor point because uh I agree with that hundred percent. I just think it looks different and it's very uncomfortable than a lot of people think. Yeah, because dragons. There's a lot of dragons. Because dragons there's a lot of dragons. If you don't know, there's a Jeff's lot of, face right now. Is there's like, so many dragons in the Bible. Jeff's face, really? <laughs> if I go to sum it up, Defa. <laughs> <laughs> there's just big dragons. There's a lot of shit in the Bible that 
Leviathan. is connected to Leviathan. things that come from extra bi- biblical sources. Origin. In a, yeah. in a way that's like, wait, God didn't just tell him what to write. It's like, it's just the history. God just gave us the history of everything. Yeah. And it's like, no, things were very human. And every author drew upon their own cultural context, which is super fascinating to me. So I'm doing that. Plus, Starting Scrubs over again. Yeah. That's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely is stupid. I watched five minutes of Scrubs. The entire series, I watched five minutes of Scrubs. It's uh, great. It's amazing. Yeah, pretty into, much stupid. Get into the characters. You're pretty much stupid. I, I confess, though, <laughs> the kids did watch a, a, a little bit of a couple episodes, and uh, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's all, everything, nothing is shown. It's pretty tame, it's but sessual. there's so much sexual in you. It's very sessual. Yeah. But uh, I've been told by uh, a family member who is a doctor that it's more accurate than not. Dude, Scott, if Scott were here, Scott's doctor in uh, when he was a medic. Scott was a medic in the army, in case you don't know. Spoiler alert, audience. But one of his doctors. Spoiler like it's going to be revealed later. I know. <laughs> Just wait till episode two hundred and seven. We'll tell you what he did in his past. But it it was like, yeah, making out in closets, w- opening a closet and finding somebody by themselves crying. Like, yeah, the, all the comedy. Like it's ramped up to eleven, obviously. But uh, he said, like, forget like Grey's Anatomy. Forget every medical show you see. Like yep. it was Scrubs is the most accurate interpretation of the medical. Every dude. Deep down, wishes he had a bromance like JD and Turk. Oh, for sure. And if you had watched more than five minutes, Jeff, no idea. You would know what a bromance is, and you would know oh, who Turk was. Yeah, yeah Turk. Yeah, you probably I only know, know who Turk is the young liberal Turks. And hey, <laughs> nice. I do. I will say. I I think. Um, I think we touch upon in this vicinity including we, scott we occasionally touch we touch upon the bro- romance that is uh, jd and turk i think that oh yeah we scratch the surface of that yes. i mean they're if they're the pinnacle yeah, you scratch mine i scratch yours we're it's close romance. there yeah. I, I think that's true listener thank you for tuning in thank you for listening thank you for your support we uh bye i'm actually leaving i know zach is out he's he's boogieing because he's got to go pick up a kid and be a good dad but we appreciate you for listening. And if you need to get in touch with us at bros, Bibles, beer on all the socials, bros, Bibles, beer at gmail.com. If you want to send us an email, the feedback is always awesome. And the ratings, because that helps boost us and get us to uh, yes. more ears. But the most important way to do it, we ask this every week, share this. If this podcast is meaningful to you and it's helpful, share it with one other person. And uh, and hopefully they are able to get something out of it too. Especially if you're in Shanghai, share it with one person, then it'll get to a billion. That's right. Share it to one person, and it gets to a billion. That's how it works in Shanghai. For Jeff and Zach, I am Andy, and thank you for tuning in to Bros, Bibles, and Beer. We will catch you on the